Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Another FizzCast and another breakdown of our SU Top 100 here by the Orange Fizz. Jaron May alongside Thomas Schultz. And we are breaking down numbers 50 to 41 of our SU Top 100 on this FizzCast. Of course, go follow along of on all of our social media platforms on Twitter by following at Orange Fizz on our website, orangefizz.net, and on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. It's super easy to find. Just basically search Orange Fizz and you'll find us. If you have been following along on these FizzCasts, we've been breaking down our SU Top 100 list. We've been telling you our individual opinions and we've been uh, slowly getting through this list and today we are finally getting to the second half of it. We have hit the halfway point. We're going 50 to 41 and let's jump right into it, Thomas. At number 50, Brittany Sykes, one of the best women's basketball players to ever do it, to ever don orange. I think that this, and I'll just give my take right off the bat and then I'll let you take it away. I think 50 without getting into any of her accolades and her stats, I think that's a great spot for her. Yeah, I think this is a really good spot for her as well. I mean, obviously, like you said, Jaron, one of the best ever in the history of Syracuse women's basketball. And I think throughout this list, you can see how influential coach Quinton Hillsman has been for this roster and for this team, just how much they've improved over his tenure. Yeah. I mean, so when you think about it, Syracuse barely had a postseason career before uh, coach Q got to, got to Syracuse. And now there's, the the thing that I've talked about on these FizzCasts before is I feel bad holding postseason uh, wins or losses against the women's basketball team because they really haven't had that much of a postseason resume. Yet, Alexis Peterson, who was on this list a little earlier, and we talked about her on the last FizzCast that you can find on SoundCloud, and Brittany Sykes, who we're now talking about in the 50 spot, are really the main two players that made it to the Final Four and the championship game. Ultimately, they lost to UConn in that game, but they made it to the national championship game, and they can really are the only two players that can hang their hats on that and say, we made it. We also have the stats and the accolades to back them up. So I think ranking Alexis Peterson and Brittany Sykes pretty close to each other is a good thing, and at the 50 to the 60 range is really good for both of them specifically with Sykes at 50 I love that ranking for her right I agree with that Sykes has been really good and I mean really her career was just very very solid for the orange she was a guard five foot nine finished mm-hmm. eighth in program history with 810 career rebounds which is pretty impressive to begin with she was third in school history in points uh, first in starts just she's all over the record books for Syracuse women's basketball yeah. And I mean, just one of the key figures in putting Syracuse on the map in women's basketball. And I think just a really good spot for her landing at number uh, 50 overall. Now, at number 49, we go to Mike Lavelle. He's, of course, a big time attacker in Syracuse lacrosse history. I mean, I think he's pretty well ranked as well here. I mean, there's even an argument that you put him a little bit higher, maybe. Um, Uh, Yeah. 
yeah. it's tough because of, I mean, obviously the history of the lacrosse program. I, I think this is a good spot for him. Well, okay, so here's the thing, and I've said this before in these FizzCasts, it's splitting hairs with these men's lacrosse uh, players because, like you said, this program is just so dominant, and it's been so dominant since its inception, or I guess since the 80s, really. But Mike Lavelle, and the thing with him is he is... Syracuse has only had two Tawaratan Award winners, and that's basically, to put it in layman's term, that's the Heisman of men's lacrosse, collegiate men's lacrosse. And Mike Lavelle is one of only two players from Syracuse history to win that award and be basically the MVP of, in the entire country in every single men's lacrosse Division One program throughout the country. So if you have that on your resume, I feel like he's got to be in the top, maybe two, three, four tops of the men's lacrosse uh, players on this list. And I know there are a lot of big names that we have not talked about yet and are going to be down this list. So they deserve to be on the list, but also Mike Lavelle needs to be higher. I think 49 is kind of a robbery for him. Um, So that's, that's kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, I got to agree there. It's just when you are the MVP, as you speak, winning the Tawaratan award, um, as a senior in 2008 it's hard to say you're just barely cracking the top 50 I mean really he should be at the lowest top 25 top 20 I mean there's there's so few Heisman to Wharton whatever it might be award winners in Syracuse history or in any program history that putting him number 49 it, it just seems very low for somebody of his pedigree. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at all of... We don't have to read out the stats. I mean, if you win the Toraton, you know that he is a great player. Um, so 49, I think, is kind of a robbery. I think 48, as we move on here on our SU Top 100, um, I think 48 is also a robbery. Liz Hogan, the women's lacrosse goalie, the best goalie in program history, um, comes in at 48. Again, I think that is way too low of a ranking when you look at all of her accolades, all of her stats, she was dominant for all four years that she was on campus. An absolute stud of a player. Yeah, I mean, she's the all-time Syracuse leader in saves in school history, which, whether it's men's or it's women's lacrosse, is pretty telling in, of course, Syracuse's program history. I, I mean, I got to agree, Jaren. It is low, and it, like you said earlier, it's tough ranking lacrosse players because there's just so much depth and so many stars that have walked through Syracuse's campus. But Liz Hogan as well seems like another one that just is ranked too low and it needs to be a little bit higher up. And I mean, look, every time we mention a lacrosse player, we say this I know. person <laughs> a little bit low, a little bit low. They should be higher. And there's just there's so many names in the program history. It's really just remarkable how dominant it's been yeah so here's the thing and we just talked about the Tawaratan award with Mike Lavelle Liz Hogan she was up for the Tawaratan award three times she was on the watch list or a finalist for three seasons her friend or sorry her her sophomore junior and senior season so when you have that and you also lead your team to some final fours and some deep runs in the NCAA tournament like that has to put you up there. And I think that we as a staff at orange fizz kind of dropped the ball with the women's lacrosse team, because I think Liz Hogan needs to be higher. I think Kayla trainer also needs to be higher and you can make some arguments for some of the other women's lacrosse players. Um, But yeah, I mean, Liz Hogan at 48, she deserves to be in the top 50. I think she should be in the top 30. I'm pretty sure when I filled out my bracket, I might have even had her in the top 20, but I'm also pretty biased to the women's lacrosse team. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard when you're filling out a top 100 list of Syracuse players of all time to not lean heavily towards football or basketball programs just because those may be the more well-known sports. And speaking of Syracuse basketball program, that brings us to number 47 on the list. A well-known name to Syracuse fans, Adrian Autry, of course, now an assistant coach under Jim Beheim. Just another guy who, from 1990 to 1994, was a stalwart for Beheim, one of the best players in the Big East Conference. He was an all on the all-rookie team. He started all but five games and his tenure in Orange. Just one of the best players in program history, and I think he's pretty well ranked here. Yeah, I think this is a good ranking as well. The thing with Autry is, like you said, I mean, he went on to coach for Syracuse as well, so you got to give him a little nod for that. He His blood kind of runs orange. Um, does that bump him up any higher? I don't think so, because as we're ranking this SU Top 100 list, we're also thinking, okay, well... These players are players, not what they're doing after. And if we brought into account what they're doing after, then you have to think about who the football players made it to the NFL and blah, blah, blah. So Autry, as an individual player at, at um, his ranking of 47, I think that's solid. I don't. I, I wouldn't have put him any higher. If he dropped down the list, I also would not have been upset. Um, it's, a, it's an okay ranking. I, I, I don't really have much else to say for Autry. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think... Look, the lacrosse people that we've mentioned on this list should be a little bit higher than yeah. him. But, I mean, you got there's going to be some bias towards men's basketball, maybe the football, the football team as well, team. especially in the past. But, I mean, if you bump him 10 spots down or where he is, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to quibble over that. I think it's pretty well ranked. He needs to be, I'd say, top 60, somewhere in sure. there. And I think this sure. is a good spot for him. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good take. All right, let's move on. Uh, coming in at... 46, Donovan Darius, the men's football. Why am I saying men's? Obviously, if it's a football <laughs> player, it's men's. Uh, but he was one of the best, the best defensive backs ever to play for Syracuse. He comes in at 46. He played for the Orange from 1994 to 1997. I'll be honest, Thomas. When I first was filling out my individual list, like we all did, we as the Fizz staff members, we filled out our own list, then we averaged it all together. I didn't have Darius this high. I kind of had to do my own research, and maybe that's just because um, I wasn't alive back then. Um, <laughs> but I kind of had to do my own research. He was great. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He was absolutely a great player. But the thing is, I just don't know. He's not one of those big names that kind of stands out to you when you think about Syracuse football and the history and the pedigree of it. Yeah, it's hard because I wrote the article on Donovan Darius at uh, so orangeface.net. You're biased. I, I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he he, had, he was really good. And, I mean, to be fair, I had to do my own research on him as well. It's not This is just not a guy that you really hear about a lot about Syracuse Greeks, even though he was. He was a first-round pick, uh, 25th pick in the 1998 by the Jaguars. So a really, really good player under Paul Pascaloni when he was – running the show at Syracuse, and I know a lot of fans wish maybe that show had continued a little bit longer, um, but I, I think Darius, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, this guy's a first-round pick. He's one of the best defensive backs in program history. Of course, he should be in the top 50, but then you look at the top 50, and it's, you know, a Tawarton uh, award winner and Mike Lavelle that's lower than him. It's Liz Hogan, who's one of the best players in women's lacrosse that's lower than him, and I think it's a little twofold where maybe the lacrosse are ranked too low and Darius maybe a little too high. But at the end of the day, this is a top 50 player in 
Syracuse history, I think. It's tough because there's so much depth across all the sports. And uh, even if you're a first-round pick, that doesn't mean you're a lock for a top 50 athlete in program history. But Darius is just such a – he was just a really, really great player, a absolute ball hawk for that secondary, Mm -hmm. which was – I mean, he lost like 10 games in his career. is remarkable. So – I can't I can't say that he's too high. I think 46 is a good spot for him. I do not think I would put him any higher than this, though. Okay, so I have a question for you, Thomas, because you did the research. Obviously, you know who he is. Um, let's just say, hypothetically, Syracuse football has a 2020 season. Uh, Andre Sisco plays. He does what he's been doing, and he has another very consistent third-year would you put Andre Cisco above Darius? That's it's tough. I think part of the reason it's so difficult is because there is some recency bias just inherently That's involved true. in that, right? Also, like, I I also want to point out Darius did win some bowls while he was there, so that also helps. Yeah, and of course, I mean he was on uh, much better teams than Cisco's played on. Yeah. I think I would put Cisco higher just mm. because. He was more of a ball hawk than uh, Donovan Darius. Donovan Darius had seven interceptions in his career or in his senior season, excuse me, but just twelve in his career. Uh, Andre Cisco is far surpassing those numbers. So I think just and of course they played a little bit of different positions, right? Like Cisco right. safety, Darius more corner. Um, I I've, I think Cisco is better. I don't know. I can't name off the top of my head maybe a defensive back that's better in program history if. When all said is done, if Cisco gets to play this season and maybe be on his way to a first round pick, I know some recency bias is involved, but I would go Andre Cisco there. Okay, all right, solid. I mean, I'll I'll take your word for it. I also am a huge Andre Cisco stan- I, fan. I stand him forever. Uh, so I think he should have been higher than sixty nine, where he comes in on our SU top one hundred list. Uh, Donovan Darius at forty six. Uh, whatever. All right, that's a that's a pretty big gap right there. Who do we have at forty five though? We got Eric Dungey, a big, of course, one of the biggest names in program history in Syracuse football. And Dungey's one of those guys where it's like, I don't know if I've seen a player, I haven't seen a player, Andre Sisko included, that's just more fun to watch than Eric Dungey was in Orange. And look, he's not the most uh, prolific passer. He's not this impeccable quarterback at the position, but he's just such a great athlete and just so gritty and defined the team and was the heart and soul of that team. I think this is a good spot for him because, look, you can't put him above 45, I don't think. I mean, even though he is, I think, the leading passer in program history, it's it's tough. I think I can't put him below 50, though. I, I think 45 is a good spot for one of the best players, one of the best quarterbacks in Syracuse history. Okay, so here's the thing. So I, I I'm fine with the 45 ranking. Let me just put that out there. Eric Dungy embodied what Syracuse football was. And obviously it ultimately paid off with a bowl win um, when they won the Camping World Bowl in, what was that, 2019? Yeah, no, 2018. 2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah, 2018 they won that uh, Camping World Bowl. So ultimately it paid off for him. He was a four-year starter. And what really kind of pushes him up the list for me is 
number one, just because how much he cared for the team. And you you saw in that press conference after the Camping World Bowl, he broke down because he was like, I was a no one coming out of high school. Syracuse was the only team that gave me a shot. And he was just very emotional that it ultimately ended up in a bowl win. I love Eric Dungy. And the other thing that also helps him with all of that, so he, he has the bowl win, he has the orange love, and then he also was basically a running back as as a quarterback as well. He could throw the ball, but he could also run for easily for 100 yards a, a game, and you wouldn't be surprised. You would not be surprised if Eric Dungy put up a stat line like 350 yards uh, throwing and 100 yards rushing, like that in, in four combined touchdowns. Like that would not surprise you in the slightest. Plus, and I know I'm rambling a little bit and I'll let you take it back in a second. Plus, he has arguably one of the large or one of the biggest wins in program history when they upset uh, number two Clemson a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was at that game. It was a tremendous game. And, and Dungeon's <laughs> Dungeon's just one of these one of those guys that every program has where maybe his peak was in college, right? But it was so great and it took Syracuse out of this such a dark period where they eventually go 10 and three in that camping world bowl season in 2018, where you finally see the light at the end of this extremely dark tunnel. This guy who is this very imperfect quarterback leads the charge and becomes one of these obviously fan favorites, not only because of his ability to just somehow eke out wins, but also just the grittiness. And I mean, like one, one play that might be my favorite in college football is just, he gets intercepted by a Miami secondary defensive back, whatever. And he goes and rips the ball out of the defender's hands as he's trying to reverse field and, you know, get as many yards as he can. And it's just that defines Dungy because yeah. he's this imperfect guy. But at the end of the day, he's going to give you every single ounce of energy he can to win the ball game. Yeah, grit, uh, the word that you just used, gritty, grit, whatever, uh, that's really what defines him, and that's why I love Eric Dungy. But Dungy coming in at 45, at 44, Jason Hart, uh, and he was basically, uh, okay, so he was a men's basketball player if the name doesn't ring the bell. Um, he was in the late 90s, and the thing is, he wasn't a prolific scorer, but he was a great distributor and a second all-time in career assists in the SU record book. He was also a great defender, so he was kind of one of those guys where he was just a team player. He would set up his teammates, he would get the ball on defense, he fit the 2-3 zone really well, and because of all that, he was uh, a two-time All-Big East point guard of the year. So, a, a great player. Would I have him at 44? I don't know, just because he didn't score that much. He averaged just over 11 points per game in his career. Um, so that kind of knocks him down a peg, at least in my opinion. Um, if he was in like the 50s, I think that would have been a little more accurate and bump up a couple of the players that we've been complaining about that they're too low. Uh, but Jason Hart still deserves to be on this list and still deserves to be in that middle range in the in the 50s or the, the 40s type of range on our SU Top 100 list. Since we're in the midst of baseball season right now, I've got a comparison for okay. Jason Hart. All right. Jason, Jason Hart is like that elite catcher who just can't like hits like 250 216 a season right like he's fantastic and nobody steals on him he doesn't miss any balls but he just can't hit and for Jason Hart he wasn't a prolific scorer like you said Jaron but 
I think for maybe the best defensive player in the 2-3 zone, which of course Syracuse is known for that just different defense, of course, you've got to put him pretty high on this list. I yeah. agree with you where he's not, look, I mean, I, I couldn't, I can't give you a, re- a good reason for putting him over a towards an award winner, right? Like, yeah. it's just not, he's not that good. But of course, being the best defense, potentially the best defensive player in men's basketball history, got to put you pretty high. Maybe 44 is a little bit high. I would, not even that much. So like, I would put him more like 48, 49 at worst, mid 50s. But I, I can't complain too much about 44 for Jason Hart either. Just the thing is, like, like you said, if if you win the MVP of your league, if you if we're putting it in a professional sense, if you're putting it in a college sense, like if you win the Tawaraton, that means you're the best player in the entire country, like hands right. down. And Jason Hart was not the best player in the entire country. He ba- he barely averaged more than ten points per game, right? So yeah. so like him beating out Mike Lavelle. Him beating out Kayla Trainer, who was also up for the Tawaraton list, and I'm only going lacrosse. You can also make references to other basketball players as well, whatever. But like Kayla Trainer, who was also up for the Tawaraton multiple times. Liz Hogan, who we talked about on this Fizzcast already, who was up for the Tawaraton three times. Like it just it kind of irks me that it, the the list fell this way, and Jason Hart is at 44, while there are some players that were the best in their sport in the entire country and they fall behind Jason Hart. It's, it's just a little, I don't, I don't think it's fair for some of those players that are coming in behind Hart. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. And again, it's just one of those things where it's like, this guy might be the best defender in program history. we got to listen pretty high. And then you look at the list and you're like, wait a minute, how is he ahead of this person or yeah. that person or whatever it might be. But at number 43 on our list is another men's basketball player. The difference is, this guy didn't have any problem scoring. That's CJ Fair, <laughs> who was one of the best players of the past decade for Syracuse. I think CJ Fair is very adequately ranked. He was a second team All-American his senior season and really just led the way for a fantastic Syracuse squad. This is one of my favorite players that I've ever seen play for SU, and I just think 43 is a really good spot for him. Thomas, that was a great transition. I love that. Uh, but yeah, no, CJ Fair was just fun to watch. He really was. I mean, he was athletic. He could he could throw down with anybody else in the country. Um, he was fast. He was just a, an exciting player to watch. And does do his stats stack up with some of the best? Some of them. Some of them don't. Uh, but he was also just a very solid player that kind of led his team while he was on there. Um, he had some clutch shots down down the stretch as well. So at 43, I'm okay with CJ Fair. I can't really make an argument for him being any higher. Um, so again, I think 43 is kind of his, his cap um, on this SU Top 100 list. I don't know, at least in your opinion, could you make any type of a reason for him to be higher than 43 no i don't think so and yeah. i i also don't think he should be any lower i just think this okay. is a really solid player really good player for syracuse and one of their most one of their best decades and just 43 seems like a really solid area for him 
Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Let's move on. I think we both agree with that one. At 42, we have another football defensive back. And again, we're going back to the 1900s this time. Uh, the 1990s, not the 1980s with Darius this time. It's Kevin Abrams. Um, he was a defensive back. He was uh, fantastic, really. And my only thing, and before we get to some of his stats and stuff, I think Darius deserves to be above Abrams. And I was kind of talking about how I don't think either of them really deserves to be this high. And I still believe that. But if we were to rank, if I was just to take one of them to, to put on my team, I would, to, I would take uh, Donovan Darius over Kevin Abrams. And what's remarkable is, these guys overlapped for three of their seasons on campus. Mm. Kevin Abrams came in a year earlier. I, I I tend to agree with you, Jaron, and maybe it's just because I put more of an emphasis on interceptions than other statistics for defensive backs. Um, Donovan Darius has 12 in his career. That's double what Kevin Abrams had. But, I mean, at the same time, Abrams was a two-time All-American at defensive back. Darius wasn't. So, 55 passes defended. He, he was a really good player. I could, I, I think I tend to agree with you by putting Darius just a little bit above him, like maybe a spot or two. They're pretty close, but at the end of the day, both these guys, it's incredible how much talent was in this defensive back at the same time under Paul Pascaloni. Yeah, I mean, even now, it seems like Syracuse's DBU, and mm -hmm. they kind of had a little lull in between Pascaloni and now Babers is kind of really hard recruiting some of those great defensive backs. And we see that with um, the commitment of Deuce Chestnut recently. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have Trill Williams, you have Ify Malafonwu, you have Andre Sisco, you have all those names. Everyone knows that. Uh, but back then, those it was Abrams and Darius who were great. Now, one thing before we move off of Kevin Abrams, who comes in at 42 on our SU Top 100 list, um, I would like to point out and just to try to bolster his resume, if you really care about what you do in the postseason, if that's something that you're listening at home and you say, I really care about the postseason, well, here you go. Abr uh, rather, yeah, Abrams um, had two interceptions in a Gator Bowl win that Syracuse had. So if you care about what you do in the postseason, Abrams is your guy. If you care about more like what you said, Thomas, uh, post or regular season, your interception numbers, your past uh, defense numbers, everything like that, then Darius is your guy. So it kind of just depends on what you prefer. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. Correct. And of course, they made up one of the best eras of Syracuse football. And at uh, next on our list, at number 41, this guy was one of the duos that made up one of the best eras of Syracuse basketball. Great transition. Buoy. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm on my <laughs> game today, Jamie. <laughs> but, of course, it was the Bowie and Louie show from 76 to 80. And Roosevelt Bowie, of course, one of the best centers in Syracuse history. And let me give you a stat here, Jaron. He and Louie combined for a four-year record of 100 wins. 18 losses absolutely dominant with Roosevelt Bowie at center yeah that's the big thing that when you think about Roosevelt Bowie like why does he deserve to be on this list because he won so many freaking games like so many uh his stats are also very comparable to the other players that we've talked about um on this list but 
I just give him the nod over some of these other recent players specifically because he won so much more. And I put a, a strong preface on do you win games? Because you can be an outstanding player on the worst team in the entire country and people are going to forget about you. But you can also be a very solid player, which Bowie was, on some great teams that never lose and I'm going to give you the nod over some of the other ones. So that's why I think Roosevelt Bowie at 41 is a great ranking. Again, I don't think he deserves to be on some of the uh, before some of the other names that we're going to see down the uh, down the way um, on this SU top 100 list. But I also think that he deserves to be in front of the names that we've already talked about. So at 41, Roosevelt Bowie, I think, is a great ranking for him. I agree, and if you look at his stats, you might say this guy might be a little overranked, only 13 points per game, a little bit over 8 rebounds per game for his career, but you got to remember... But hey, J- Jason Hart came in right, at 11.4 yeah. uh, points per game, and he was still just a couple spots below Roosevelt Bowie. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, of course, the game was played so differently in right. 19, in the 70s than it is today, and I think also part of it is just that was such a legendary duo in Syracuse basketball that it's just of course, remembered for how absolutely dominant they were. And when you think of the Bowie and Louis show, it's like, oh yeah, that's a top 50 player all time across all sports for Syracuse. And I think really ranking him lower, even if maybe his stats aren't what you might think, beside just the reason that it was a different style of play, it's just the legacy that he left that just you have to include when you think of Roosevelt Bowie, which brings him to be 41 on this list. And I I agree, Jaron, I think you can't put him top 25, but you also can't put him lower than really 45 or around where he is. I think 41 for Roosevelt Bowie, for one of the best players of all time, one of the most dominant players of all time is a is a good spot for him to be at. All right, Thomas, before we wrap up here on this FizzCast, I have one last question. Uh, Louis Orr, the other side of the Louis and Bowie show, uh, came in at 98 on our SU Top 100 list. Roosevelt Bowie, like we just talked about, at 41 do you think, number one, that you would take Roosevelt Bowie over Louis Orr? Then my second question for you, do you think that there should be whatever the math is, like a 50, what, 57, if I do my math correctly, uh, uh, spot difference between these two players? No, I think that's a big, big leap between the two. And if you look at them, they had pretty similar stats throughout their career. Roosevelt Bowie was a little bit better for a scorer, a little bit better of a rebounder, but he was also the big man. Louis Orr was a forward. He had just slightly lesser stats in those regards, but he had more assists. So he was a better passer than Roosevelt Bowie. And just, I think they're pretty comparable. And I think this was something that maybe we got wrong in our rankings. I I cannot see, or excuse me, Louis Orr being in the 90s. I think he should be more around the 50s to 60s range. Yeah, that's been a common uh, take here on our FizzCasts. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this one. So again, let's look through numbers 50 to 41, what we just talked about. Number 50, Brittany Sykes. Number 49, Mike Lavelle. Liz Hogan at 48. Adrian Autry at 47. Donovan Darius, 46. 45 goes to Eric Dungy. Jason Hart takes 44. CJ Fair at 43. Kevin Abrams at 42. And like we just talked about, rounding out this FizzCast, 41, Roosevelt Bowie. 
Make sure you follow along all of our SU Top 100 content. You can find it on our Twitter page, at OrangeFizz. Find the articles on our website, orangefizz.net. And of course, listen to all of our past and previous, or sorry, those are the same things, our past and future Fizzcasts on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. That's going to do it for this one. Jared May and Thomas Schultz signing off. We'll see you next time.